0: From internationals for the internationals, this is International Hangout.
1: What's up people of C This is episode four of International Hangout and my name is Shushanik.
2: I'm Satyri Silva. Today uh, in the studio we have Senab, who's the uh, social media and marketing uh, coordinator of uh, ISO and we're going to have a lot to talk about, um, for example, the show and her experiences as an RA and like uh, she's the president of... Um, Muslim Ummah Club and uh, she's uh, one of the great CS students I know and she's one of the smartest kids to be honest and uh, she's sophomore and uh, she's from Morocco so we would have stuff to talk about Morocco as well and we'll get into all of that later. So, Seynab, let's talk about the elephant in the in the room like culture show and I think it's better to kind of like Promote the cultural show and like to tell people how the cultural show is important for international students. And uh, like the question I have in my mind would be, do you know like uh, how the cultural show s- got started? Like how like the evolution and like who suggested? Do you have an idea about it or like?
0: Um, first, thank you, Shoshanik, and thank <laughs> you, Sudhi, for bringing me to this episode. Um, I've heard about international hangout, and as a marketing coordinator, I so I've been. Marketing the show on <laughs> the Instagram page. Uh, yeah, it's been a great pleasure to be here and discuss um, myself and discuss cultural show as well. Discuss my culture with you. Um, as for Suthi's question about um, the evolution of the cultural show, um, as an like, it's great to have that as a starting question because uh, remembering history is a great part of developing the mm-hmm. organization so far. And I feel like as an EC, I would really need to know the history behind uh yeah. cultural show and ISO in general, too. Um, so it was during the barbecue of ISO, mm-hmm. which is an annual event happening. Uh, uh, and it's like a tradition of sorts for the club. Yeah. I met... Ma, I think Amalka, she, Amalka. Okay, some, yeah. yeah, and you were there in the room as well, and um, I was very surprised when so so she's, uh, if you guys don't know Amalka, she's in the board of members, and she's the only uh, international uh, in the board of members for CFI, and um, I was very surprised when she told me that she was one of the people that helped start the cultural show, Um and, yeah, and it really surprised me that it was a very recent start for the cultural show because it was in 2000. Yeah. Um, it, it was surprising because I thought, uh, oh, the international community may have been part of the community, like, may have been part of CFI for a long time. But it was only recently that the college went for the diverse, diversity route. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, um, in terms of evolution for the cultural show, I didn't like dig deep into the research about it. But, um, as part of my marketing strategy, I was trying to look into the previous videos for the cultural show, um, as a way to advertise the newest one that's coming this, this year, which is this Wednesday, November 8th. <laughs> oh. And, um, so looking back into the videos, I noticed that, um, in 2013, one of the, or 2000, like in the 2010s, one of the videos was a bunch of international students filming in the Simplot um, kitchen, and it was the cultural show. Wow. Because the cultural show, as we know it, isn't it, but it was filmed in the Simplot kitchen. Wow. And, it was, and it looks like the same kitchen as we have today. And it, it was very, like, funny to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how much I know about the past and the cultural show. And I know... Um, that as I, I feel like the pattern we see, even though I've been here for two years, is that we progress further as an ISO. And despite having less international students, uh, f- in the future, I it feels like the cultural show have uh, more performances each year, have more uh, mm-hmm. diversity, and have more talent going on. Obviously, yeah. Uh, so I'm excited for what's coming for this cultural show because last year's cultural show was a uh, spectacular. It was, it was a. Uh, it, it was a wide range of talents yeah. um, that I could foresee. To like, ha- like I feel like the previous talents who are still mm-hmm. the same this year have developed in their own ways, and you I feel like gonna, they're gonna bring better.
2: You guys gonna double it up this year, right? You I guys hope gonna- so. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. I just want to know like how it um, like the evolution of cultural show because I felt like it. People see the cultural show, but they should know, like, how things started and to appreciate, like, you know, like how the beginning of everything. So I feel like people would have gratitude uh, towards it. Like a group of people came up with this idea and, yeah, I think people should be thankful for that. Yeah, then, uh, let's get into... uh, like we, you should talk about uh, what, like, how important this uh, event, how big this event, uh, for internationals, like, uh, what it means to be a part. Like, I think, uh, I mean, ISO is like the, isn't it the biggest like uh, organization on campus? After is it is it the biggest or is it the second biggest? Um. I think it's like the members wise.
0: Answering your questions, Suti, yes, it is the biggest yeah. um, organization on campus. And I think we bring one of the biggest events on campus as yeah. well, which is the cultural right. show. Um,
2: yeah, so I think since it's a huge event, I know we have different people like, who, who prefer to like um, perform and stuff. And having a cultural show, like watching the cultural show, it's a big deal and like, it kind of shout out like, the, our culture. Uh, like it's kind of like a one-stop shop for like you know, people doing different stuff, and mm-hmm. we have different regions and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a huge deal to be a part of it. So as an international student, mm-hmm. what do you think like for you, and if you can speak be- behalf of other people, what mm-hmm. do you think like uh, what it means to be a part, and how much of a big deal it for you?
0: Um, I would say I would answer this question in two parts. I would say how what it feels. Well, how important is the cultural show to us international students, but how important it is for the whole community as well. Um, for us international students, we, um, I would like I would like to say there's this sort of division that is very well noticed between the locals and international students, mm-hmm. and that cannot be denied in any way. Uh, I know there are many cultural, social like sociocultural reasons for that, but it also mm-hmm. comes down to. Um, it comes down to pride as well because some international students have some pride in their countries and they really always want to like to showcase it in some way or another form to their local friends or local acquaintances or any, um, local stranger that they might know because yeah. they feel like they bring something to the table and they have pride in it. So of course they want to like show it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cultural show offers this opportunity for international students to show this pride. And, uh, I think through the unspoken words of poetry, uh, mm-hmm. music. Yeah. I mean poetry is somewhat spoken <laughs> <laughs> but unspoken words of it's uh, mostly like and uh, like uh in in it can be it's very different to showcase your culture and um what is built upon like dances and food um maybe poetry as well mm-hmm. and theatre rather than just discussing your life because um the beauty and aesthetic behind the first is better than the latter and um it makes yeah. the other soothe it with it like it makes it, it soothes it soothes like the persons viewpoints and makes it more uh, and it makes its mind more open minded yeah. than i would say uh, if you just tell your life story oh i just came exactly. from morocco this is <laughs> what i eat show a picture on image google image uh, rather than making the person taste that food itself, like through the, because uh, um, we may we put together the food fest every year, and if you just show him like your cultural clothing, it's better to just showcase that you wearing that cultural clothing. Like it's better if you, um, mm-hmm. have that sort of imagery, um, in real life rather than just yeah. words and talking about it in conversation. And the cultural show is that intersection of all, um, yeah, in terms of and uh, this builds up upon like how it benefits the community as a as a as a overall because most of the community members here are from idaho and um uh, uh and from my experience talking to these people they've. They do. They do. Contrary to uh, popular belief, they do have an open mind. Um, it's just that they haven't been exposed, or they just haven't talked to international students. Yeah. Um, so um, when we bring the cultural show to uh, Caldwell, uh, we bring the world as well, because we bring 50 countries to the table. Uh, we bring an opportunity for people to learn about each other's differences opinions. Yeah. and opinions, um, and. Uh, it's a great way for uh, Caldwell community, uh, for Idaho community members, or anyone in the U.S. like that is local to the country, to learn further about the world. So That's why we're the world to the Caldwell, and I hope the Caldwell can reach that footsteps mm-hmm. to learn more yeah. about the world. Right,
2: well said. Yeah, I think. I mean, like you said, I think you kind of um, elaborated like how uh, what the what it means to be a part of culture and like. Uh, and what's importance and like how it feels and all. I think since you since you talked about like the food and all, I I just wanna add this part. Uh, the I food fest was brilliant, and I think it's like it's all this fusion of different tastes and different cuisines and like just just it's just fantastic. And uh, I think yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people like lauded it and like. And I think you guys also selected a couple of people, like, who are the best cooks as well. And that was, yeah, that was very impressive. I think that's, like, kind of appreciation of people who volunteered for, for cooking. And, yeah, good, good work right there. You guys organized it, organized it well. Thank you. And and I think you had a dish as well. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Yeah, like, thank you. Yeah. okay uh i think we could talk about the um, ra part like uh, i know you had an ra i know you applied for an ra uh, last year and you got you had an ra in him right yes yes and um, i think it's it would be nice if we could you know talk about how is it like to be an ra like how it feels and how's the how uh, maybe maybe a little bit about, about the application process and uh, mm-hmm. like how how things are going right now and I think a lo- lot of internationals uh, I know like uh, after the conversations and stuff I know like a lot of people want to become RAs mm-hmm. so, and it's kind of like an application process you had to face interviews and stuff so yeah I'll let you like you know explain about it yeah so basically what it feels like to be an RA and how's uh, how did you get in how did you become an RA
0: Um RA is a very beneficial job and it gives you a good um payback as well, mm-hmm. as well because you get a free room with it and I guess that's why most international go for it Yeah uh, right. it 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 cuts down on the cost of mm-hmm. uh of attending I and it's a very much well thought of like it's a very, it's like a hard job to get because everyone needs that free room, for sure. <laughs> um, and I would say that that's what makes the application process hard in the beginning um, as you have to go through multiple steps and multiple uh, application, like multiple application steps to get the job.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, I would not discuss the application process because yeah, I mean, that's something yeah, you can ask yeah, yeah. for his life about it. <laughs> I get it. Um, but in terms of uh, me getting the job i <laughs> i very much well thought about like i fought to get the job for sure mm-hmm. um and i would not lie my initial attentions were my initial like um uh, my streak of mind was going to that like free room um but overall it feels like as i got into the job and um, it was this belonging that um made me kind of like happy and sort of mm-hmm. because um, the RA team um, is full of people who are very intentional and they have big dreams and they have good intentions yeah. and they do, and they are much of a leader in the campus as they are outside of campus mm-hmm. um, and I always like I truthfully get inspired by them because they're uh, people who get the job done who are Good on their schedule, mm-hmm. and um, I always needed looked for that motivation on campus um, because uh, as a as a person, I value uh, development myself, and I value being surrounded with people who develop me, and being surrounded by a team who is always on task, always on schedule, is something that uh, uplifts me as a person and makes mm-hmm. me wanna yeah. develop my myself further to like get better. Yeah, uh, and uh, the the teamwork is something I've never, ex- like teamwork-wise, teamwork skills, I've never experienced that in the past, and I always looked for that for, like, to develop myself in the career, uh, in the professional future career uh, path. Uh, path.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the teamwork is um, exceptional because you get to uh, organize events together, you get to uh, divide tasks mm-hmm. Um be on time for each other and respect each other's time and responsibilities as well and a communication as well. Um, so something that college does is not only teach you the subjects towards your major, but also develop you as a person, develop you as a professional to the world of careers and yeah. the world of professionalism. Outside, yeah. um, And I feel like the RA really develops me for that, aside from giving me a room <laughs> um, I really enjoy <laughs> like... Um, one of the things we do as an RA is we get together uh, each Wednesday, and on the end of the month, we um, draw a calendar together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good time for us to deep and get to know about each other and just get, like have a good time and um, know about the weird times of the world. Uh, <laughs> this is the national day of fish. This is the national day. just for the funsies. Um, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. I think that's what we all wanted. Okay. Uh just a side question, uh, what kind of like so uh, being an RA, what kind of like um uh, services like uh for example I know RAs like help out when we get locked out of our rooms and uh when a resident like resident like need kind of maybe medical attention it could mm-hmm. be. Like yeah, they help you guys I mean help like uh residents a lot. Yeah, other than that, uh, I mean, I know. I think you said uh, they organize events and stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, you guys help out, like, people uh, with the kitchen facilities and the laundry facilities, like, how to organize them, right? Did I miss anything? Are there, like, other stuff, uh, other tasks you guys do other than that?
0: I feel like um, if I had... There... Uh- tasks that I could not count as an RA but I I feel like as a person I must do as an RA for the well-being of my residents Um, like if they ask me like a question in terms of life or in terms of um, dealing uh, with like things as a student on the College Mm -hmm. of Idaho of course as an RA uh, as as a person I feel obligated to help them (laughs) Um, and uh, yeah uh, so this like to stray away from the question I would say this um has made me feel like I got a little bit closer to my residents and it might made me see myself into them as well because mm, yeah. uh, when we first come to this college you're trying to find that social group who you can abid to the laws a yeah, bit and right. like try to uh, <laughs> like try to stray away from loneliness as much as possible because you're trying to survive in this uh, social structure of a campus. Um And, um, seeing them get together, find their own ways and find their, themselves and other people, um, was really something to, uh, I enjoyed watching and like, (laughs) um, because, um, seeing friends hanging out and um, having fun together uh, makes me st- uh, Makes me think about the roots of humanity and how we need each other, each other as a social creatures and stuff. So it was a very interesting part of my job to just bond with people and see them make friends. It was I will not yeah. say a parental feeling, but it was more of an upperclassman who cares about its residents' feeling. <laughs>
2: yeah i also noticed like uh, you decorated like i mean i think one of the things like artists they decorate like the whole mm-hmm. good job on that now i think um sushani could uh take away from here to talk about morocco and like the culture and everything about it
1: okay so Zainab I want to talk about Morocco and how you got to U.S. Um, This is something that I always ask internationals, but especially the ones who are not Davis scholars, it's really interesting to know about your path. Um, Because at least as Davis scholars, our path is kind of similar because we go to UWC and then we get um, Davis scholarship in like around 100 schools in U.S., colleges in U.S. and we come here. Um, but every time I see somebody who doesn't have a Davis scholarship and is here anywhere in U.S. studying in a college, I always wonder how you guys got here because I know that the path is harder than for mm-hmm. than for what it's like for Davis scholars. Mm-hmm. So tell us about how you got to U.S. Mm-hmm.
0: That's my favorite question. I knew I was going to be asked that question because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the international hangout. But, um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Yeah, uh, I would say it's a hard path for anyone, whether it's a Davis scholar or not, Um, and I would not like to say that, I like to be humble and just say um, that everyone who's international has gone through hardships to go to the U.S. because it's a very rare opportunity, it's a very rare percentage of people from their own countries to get to the U.S. Um, For my own side of the story, uh, coming to the U.S. was a leap of faith. I uh, I don't know where I got this much courage um, to just leave my country and just get to the U.S. out of a sudden because uh, and I was a 15 year old at that time when I got to the United States, um, and uh, like internet does wonders and you can get and you can get to so many opportunities by. Uh, I'll talk to you. <laughs> can, uh, the internet does wonders and. There are so many things that you can do with the internet that can showcase a lot of opportunities to your doorstep that you wouldn't otherwise if you didn't have the internet. Mm -hmm. So, um, through the internet, I simply Googled (laughs) (laughs) the best U.S. boarding schools in uh, the best United States boarding schools. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And through a ton of research... I came across uh, this, boarding school who, uh, this boarding school who was in um, uh, Idaho, okay. Boise. And the name is Riverstone International School. Um, at first, I was a little bit skeptic because they told me to pay this $48 fine of application. I was like, who pays? Because like, it's very weird back home to pay for something, to apply for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's mostly like a public system of schools and education. Uh, so I was like... I asked my mom, and if it wasn't for... I would like to say this. If it wasn't for the support system I have back home, which is family, um, especially my mother and my... Fa- I'm just going to state on my family, but especially my family, I wouldn't have uh, been where I am today. And I'm totally grateful for that because I feel like everyone needs to um, have a support system, whether it be family, friends, or anyone who like helped them along the way. They should always remember them because... Um, they're there, like you're here for uh, you're here for a reason, and that reason has part in has part in like somebody's or like somebody's help, uh, yeah. somebody or someone, some someone's help, or and because of my family, I'm here, and I'm always been grateful for that. So I applied and um, I filled in all my application essay wise. Mm-hmm. I I took the SAT because. It was a somewhat popular test to take um, back home because um, everyone wanted to go to America or Europe. So uh, the two most well-known tests were the SATs and and the preparatory classes which which will help you go to France. Because uh, France was the most popular destination for Moroccan students. you are colonized. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I actually Gosh. speak French as a second language. <laughs> it's like so I feel simple. like if I would say <laughs> colonial-wise, um, um, uh, I'm both mad, but I'm also grateful that France colonized us. Oh, or else we would have been uh, like fastly developed as we were today. Like compared mm-hmm. if we were never colonized, we would never have been. Um, like we would never have a route system or like uh infrastructure as better as it would have been if uh col- France didn't colonize us. Yeah uh going <laughs> back um yeah so most people most students would like to go for France but it's a very uh rare occasion that they will aim for America and so I took the SAT. Um mm-hmm. I actually prepared for it a lot. Um I had this huge book uh, which my sister had, and I prepared for each single practice test. Took a time aside in my schedule to come back from school and do some practice tests, at least one. If not, uh, I'm not aiming for a goal, and I'm not being strong or, like, courageous to take on that goal, which is bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, I took the SAT, applied with my... No, I think it was the SSAT, because the SSAT was the test for boarding schools. SAT is more of a college-like, so I took the SSAT... I was the only, like, I think there were six people in our um, test-taking center. Uh, so I was like, I feel like not a lot of people go for this route. So this is kind of exciting. It'll be kind of uh, special if I went to this route. So it's kind of an adventure to be excited for and to aim for and to work for. And so I took the SAT. Uh, I applied with my SAT a bunch of uh, essays. And I paid a fee like they told me to. And um, I I was like... So, at the same time, I would say I also applied for Davis. So, Davis was a popular choice back home. I feel like it's popular choice, in, like, in other countries as well. Oh, UWC. Yeah, we'll yeah, I did okay. apply for UWC. Um, I got through the first stage. Uh, the second stage, um, I... I, I would say I didn't do well with it because I was a very shy person as a I think I was 14 at that time yeah mm-hmm. uh, as a 14 year old I was very shy and um, a lot of people try to make themselves noticeable and I didn't know that um, a wise method to um, get through that stage is to make yourself noticeable and showcase your talents and your skills um, mm-hmm. so I didn't I didn't do that and I feel like uh, I have this funny story where um, it was during the one of the so in the in final stage, which is the interview stage for UWC, uh, they do a lot of activities, and one of the activities is just debate. So mm-hmm. you they choose a topic. One is against, uh, uh, like they choose people that are against that topic and people that are for that topic. I was against that topic, and um, I <laughs> and most people argumented whether it's for or against, and I feel like like at that time I felt the pressure to put myself out there so when I tried to say something it was I think we can all agree <laughs> that we are agreeing on this topic. <laughs> so, <that's true. laughs> so I was, like, taking both Gosh. sides <laughs> and instead of making a point that is against it and making uh, myself, like, because to go to UWC, you need to know the most recent news and stuff to, like, go through. Yeah, So I messed up, and um, I was upset about it and everything. And I was, like, oh, uh, maybe, like, I was not. I was very indifferent. I did not think ah, I should not just not go for the U.S. anymore. I was just very indifferent. I was like, "There's always going to be opportunity. I'm still young. There's many things out there in the world, and <laughs> there's many years to come where I can always like go to the U.S." Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then I received this email. I think two weeks later, and it was like an interview point with uh, the admission counselor for Riverstone International School here in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I never tried to research Riverstone International School location, but I'm I research everything else about Riverstone International Schools, like international school, like its pillars, um its programs and everything. I didn't even try to research its location, so I didn't <laughs> know it was in Idaho.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was in California, wow. like every other uh, private boarding schools in the US or uh, in the East Coast. So I was like, okay, it doesn't matter to me the location as as long as I, I am out of this country. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, so um, I got to the interview stage, and um, it was a very different conversation with the admission counselor. Her name is Rachel uh, Push, um, I still like I'm in contact with her and everything. Um, it was a very do- different conversation because it, I think it was my first time talking with an American um, and it was a very sort of different discussion tone and dis- discussion pattern and discussion skills rather than I was used to back home uh, with people whether it's young people or old people so I was kind of curious and uh, made me like um, it kind of uplifted my spirit up to to aim for the mm-hmm. U.S. more. And I did my best in the... <laughs> it was my first time speaking English more than 15 minutes. So uh, it was a hardship, but also it was a pleasure to talk with someone who had different, um, like, a speaking accent than me and speaking um, like a speaking pattern, a speaking tone than me. Uh, yeah, and uh, she was really nice. It really showcased the niceness of Americans... Like, the interview really showcased that niceness of Americans that I really liked. And I was like, they really seem, they do really seem hopeful rather than back home people who sometimes seem very, like, sometimes upset. Even though they don't, like, they are not upset, but they sound upset and they seem upset. Uh, so, I was like, this is very interesting. I would really like to know the side of the world more. And um, later on, I was accepted and it was uh, with a ton of scholarship. So... I packed my things the other next day I don't like I know and I packed my things and flew was a 15 year old with three so- three suitcases and I just like stayed in this room and I was like rethinking my life. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: smelled very Ikea of the room. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ikea. That's impressive. So is it common in Morocco to like go to boarding schools you said to France? But, like, I wonder, you know, like, how does a 15-year-old f- make that decision? Because, like, we made that decision, too. But I don't know. I feel like we were so young and unconscious of what's happening. Like, mm-hmm. when I remember myself in UWC, it's like, what the hell was I doing?
0: Mm-hmm. I, I also question myself why I did that as a 15-year-old. Um, but uh, it's not very common for uh, Amer- uh, for Moroccans to head outside the country as a, as a middle school children, uh, as middle school kids, as people who just started high school. It's mostly like right after like they graduate or something. Mm. Um, so I think I've always been uh, somewhat of a kid who wondered, uh, I always wondered in my mind, I didn't want to be stuck in the same room or the same place or the same school always. And, I thought myself like I'm still like this uh, as part of myself. I I really don't care um, where I'm heading to as long as uh, where I'm heading aims with my values and aims with my intentions and my dreams. I really don't care where and how I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it just takes that start of that. It just takes that starting point to go for it. And i I feel like I've been thinking about that ever since I was a kid. As long as I put my mind into it. I know that things will solve itself with time and patience. So, that's why I went for it as a 15-year-old. <laughs>
2: hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anything?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, Morocco culture is, like... Morocco is one of these countries that is, like, very, like, you know, colorful, the blue, t- blue city. And I think, like, it's a very famous tourist destination mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. And I... I don't know. I want to know more about that. Like, what do you think is the most unique about Morocco? Mm -hmm. Um, Morocco is
0: very um, stable, I would say. I think is people are content enough with their lives that um, they don't want to create problems with... Like, they don't want to create problems with um, themselves, with other people as well. Like, they just want to... They're just content and they... Um, just happy with what they have. Um, uh, We can see that as well with people who, uh, like not only poor people, but also people who are rich in the country. Um, People who are rich in the country, usually from what I was told is um, they get rich in another country like Dubai or Saudi Arabia or the United States. They earn this much money and they always go back home um, to where um, for sure they belong. But it feels like, it's a better place for them to grow their kids and grow kids and to grow and to further progress with their values and what they aim for in life um, because that country provides stability and provides just ease of mind, I would say. It's it's not only the color, because like, colors can ease your mind, but um, and like how colorful, how like... The community, like how color. No, it's not only the color, mm-hmm. like how colorful the walls are, or the colorful like the streets are. It's how colorful the community and the mindset of people there is. Um, it's it's um, how people feel equal without having to say, "Oh, we are different." Uh, it's it's this belonging that makes them go back to this homeland, mm. to the. To the, to the familiar sounds, the familiar food, the familiar family because it's not only the family that you grew up around but it's also the family who supported you outside of that family because Morocco is um, a religious country. It has m- m- mostly Muslims and one of our values is you love a stranger um, just like how would you love yourself or like, mm-hmm. you was, like you love a stranger and it comes down to not like showcasing that love openly, but it comes down to the support you show um, through like inviting him or her, like that stranger to a meal, um, giving them the support that they probably wouldn't have if they don't have a family um, or if their family doesn't support them. So it's if you're missing something. The community provides you with it's trying its best to provide you with what you're missing, yeah and if you're rich or poor, you're probably missing something, and that's why you always go back to the roots probably that's why most rich people rich people go back to Morocco because they they feel like they were missing something when they went to these foreign countries and if they went back home, the people around them who genuinely care for them provides them back
1: with the yeah. that missing thing Yeah. Aww. So, are your plans connected to Morocco? Do you plan to go back? <laughs> uh, only time will tell,
0: honestly. Um, uh, I started off, I, I never raised my question where I go back because I always raised the question where do I start? Where do I go first? I never raised the question where do I go back because only time will tell. Yeah.
1: Um, so, and tell us about your favorite Morocco tradition.
0: There are a lot of Moroccan traditions, and there are very weird, w- weird ones like black magic. Uh, that's how <laughs> we well <laughs> okay, know. Okay, black like magic. There you go. It's called sihr, uh, putting black magic on uh, people and uh, uh, catching spouses from husbands. No, I'm joking. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> it's, okay. a, it's a very well-known, like, uh, there's a rumor that um, Moroccan women, I mean, not me, I'm just saying, Moroccan women are very good at catching Arab men from Arab women. That's why we're probably like taught up as these witches who do that da- like, do black magic and stuff. I mean there are black okay. there is black magic in Morocco. Uh
2: you, you. <laughs>
0: but this is the dark side of the traditions. My favorite tradition is one meal, one table, uh. f- fifteen people. We have um as humans we are I feel like uh, coming to the U.S., (laughs) 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 coming to the U.S., uh, as a Moroccan, I was very weirded out by the sort of division, and I think a lot of people from other cultures see that as well, divisions within uh, people with themselves and people with uh, members of their community Um, because there's no sort of tradition that could bring all these people together. Uh, you, You go to an American house, you see these people, uh, eating in their room instead of eating at the same table for dinner. Uh-huh. Um, but it's always obliged in American household to eat dinner in time with family, yeah. at a, like at a certain time, like each family has its certain time. Because uh, when you get together, you bring all what you've accumulated through the day. Mm-hmm. You help each other out, like through advice or through talking Talk philosophically, talk scientifically, talk like, oh, I hate this girl. I saw her in school and stuff like that. (laughs) Just let it all out. Because Mm. in the same table, you have people who care about you. You have people who support you, who notice you. And it's always great with food, with a good smell of food, with a good taste of food. And it makes it magical. And I think that's what, and if it's one plate, then you all reach in your hands to support each other, but reach in your hand to eat the same meal.
2: Mm. Okay, thank you <laughs> <I> just
1: promotion <laughs> wait um so I've noticed that like I have this um so basically i'm I'm friends with like of course, I do have a lot of friends from Middle East, and I've noticed that, like, when they share food with you, it's something very personal because everyone eats from the same plate and they eat with their hands. And I think that's like ultimate trust because, mm-hmm. as someone who's germophobic, I would never <laughs> trust like random okay. people with like. That,
2: I didn't even know that's a term like germophobic. I, okay. Yeah, it's
1: yeah. like one. Like, and, and you know, one of the families that I'm friends with, they told me that, like, if they share food with you, if they invite you to their, like, family dinners and stuff like that, it's, like, the biggest expression mm-hmm. of, like, how close they consider you to their family and how they think, yeah. like, mm-hmm. you're so important to them. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I think... um uh when you're eating as a human in front of other people, you're showcasing the, you're showcasing your raw, you're showcasing what makes you human. You're just a mortal who can eat and drink and stuff. You're just like, like anyone else in this world is like can eat. I mean, except some exception. <laughs> there are some exceptions for sure. But what makes us like we have some common traits as humans, which is eating, going to the bathroom, <laughs> like drinking water. Yeah. And if if you if you uh, show your equality through eating, it's sort of. Um, It's sort of comforting, like it's a comfort, and it just shows you that if I'm inviting you to eat, I'm just saying, you're like me, I'm like you, we're both equal, so let's Mm. share this meal, let's share this meal and let's have a good time together,
1: just as we are equal. Um, so, yeah, basically, uh, you are kind of answering my question um, that I wanted to ask after this one about um, minorities in Morocco and indigenous people in Morocco. Yeah. And I want to know about like numbers and um, what part of Morocco population is the indigenous people and what part of it, what part is Arab people? And just like, you know, um,
0: we're as indigenous people. We're not a minority for sure. We make up, 9 I would not say numbers because I'm not familiar with numbers, but we make up most of the population. Um, if I had to take on oh, the, like who's Arab and who's not Arab, as a Moroccan, I haven't done the research on the percentage. But I would say from the perspective of, uh, of Moroccans, we don't really care whether that person is an Arab or not to even classify it as a statistic because uh, over time... Um, The only thing that bonds us all is our religion, which is Islam. Mm -hmm. And we don't care where we come from and everything. Uh, If you talk about minorities, the minorities we have are minorities, um, whether it's people from um, the sub-Saharan Africa, like coming to our country as migrants. And we also have minorities that are mostly religious, like Jewish people and Christians. Um, How Morocco handles that is that, um, I think like we said in our values... (laughs) We don't really care how different you are, and we don't classify you in terms or anything different of of a difference um so uh, I was walk- i always walk in the capital and I see some christian churches and um and I'm like like it's just a church in the capital city, but it seems like oh like we have we do have minorities, but despite us having been a majority of muslims we uh we have minorities of Christian and we just treat them as they would. As we would, as hospitable people, um, yeah. we a lot of Jewish also came to North Africa uh, in history uh, to um, flee from the Holocaust. And I know that Moroccan King, the Mohammed Hassan too, uh, has brought him a home in Morocco. And we have, and most of the Jewish population, uh, most of the Jewish pop, most of the Jewish population in, I think, in Israel are mostly Moroccans. Uh, no, are mostly Moroccans. Uh, so, um, we always try to bring a home to everybody, no matter differences, because at the end of the day, you're equal to me and the meal we share or st- stuff like mm. that. It's one of the things we <laughs> we value as a Moroccan people. Okay. Um. Uh, I think we also need to know the difference between being an Arab and an Arab-speaking person. Uh, it's the same difference as being French and a French-speaking person.
2: Okay so one of the one of the important questions uh, I should ask would be uh, how do you feel about the the up that was like in Morocco like maybe when you were forty you know, like and now here in the United States like CFI mm-hmm. as a sophomore do you like how's the difference like how do you compare like the, your growth and stuff
0: oh. Uh, Zeynep uh, was a 14 year old of course was a child and I would say I'm still a child and I know will still be a child in the future because I'm always learning <laughs> yeah. and I'm um, always trying to be curious and always wanted to develop myself um, but when Zeynep was 14 um, she didn't know what uh, her identity as much as Zainab right now um, she didn't know that um, <laughs> it always felt like um As much as you are far away from home, you forget who you are, and it's always good to go back to um, who you are as a person in terms of identity or what you hold as a value in this world and who are the people that are there for you. Um, When Zaynab was 14, I just didn't get a sense of that. I just wanted to um, enjoy the country, um, enjoy being there because it's a rare opportunity to be part of. Um, yeah, I just wanted to explore, sightsee, um, make some friends that are not Moroccans. Yeah, and understand, because I was in international boarding school, so understand the world as well. So I never went back and took time for myself, understood who I am. But as I got used to the first part, I am now trying to discover and always try to discover uh, that part of mine instead of looking into the others. Maybe the others will teach me a little bit about myself. But it's right now it's more about myself. <laughs> self rather than um, looking for other things.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: because some things could be useful for me, and some <laughs> things could not add up to my life as well.
2: Yeah, I think we all have to take away something from there. Okay, I think um, that's a very thoughtful episode. Um, like the uh, promoted cultural show and stuff. By the way, gotta so we're gonna have the cultural show on. Um, when is it when is it again
0: (laughs) November 8th November
2: November 8th yeah so and
0: um, the Boise cultural show will be on November 18th so I hope you guys can make some time for it um, because you rarely make time for something that is this special Mm -hmm. like you uh, when would you find the time to make something for this special other than this Wednesday or the 18th yeah
2: yeah okay you heard that so Yeah, thank you for the, you know, thoughtful... Thank you
0: for bringing me (laughs)
2: here. ...thoughtful episode, Sainab, and... Yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, Let's call it a wrap. Okay. uh, See you guys. uh, Take care, everyone. See you in the next episode, then.
1: See you. Ciao.